Hello and welcome to episode 462 of Fergo and the Freak. I'm that bloke from Rugby League Project, Andrew Ferguson. You can find me on Twitter at AndrewRLP. And joining me as always is the glorious League Freak. You can also find me on Twitter at League Freak. How you going there, mate? It's going very well, Andrew. How are you? I'm, I'm rested. I'm calm. That's good. I'm always calm. So now you're about my level. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm down at that, that base level where you're at. Excellent. Excellent. It's a new year, a big year for the podcast. Are yes, you pumped indeed. for it? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm peaking. I'm ready to go. I'm fucking ready to go as well. Yep. We've, uh, we've done our usual of, uh, turning up, saying hello and then pressing record. Mm-hmm. Um, the hello was pretty much the prep work. Yep. Um, so yeah, there's, there's not much going on. Um, no. the, the big news. Yes. Since, since we're last on. Yes. Is, uh, there's a review into the uh, the coaching of Sean Wayne in England. How's that going? Uh, still ongoing. Excellent. Excellent. So we'll, we'll keep you updated on that, people. Yeah, yeah. The one thing that they definitely need to do more of in this world is reviews. Yes, especially but, of coaches that failed to do what they're supposed to do. I know. By the way, can can we start the year by saying that I don't want to hear anyone saying that they're doing a deep dive into anything. Everyone says they're doing a deep dive into stuff. And it's like, no, you're not. You're just Googling it. Shut I, the fuck up and just fucking t- say, you know what? I Googled something. You didn't deep dive into something. But how about just a shallow dive? Anything but deep dive. Anything but deep dive? Yeah, anything. Anything at all. If you do a I shallow deep- dive with with a long glide underwater... I reckon that'd be just as effective as a deep dive. I guess it depends who's doing the diving. <laughs> this is true. This is true. <laughs> so we've got a little bit of football news. Apparently, yeah. Um, I don't know if you're aware of this. Mm-hmm. Josh Maguire, um, well-known idiot. Yes. Um, he's he's going over to to England to play in the Super League over there this year, mm-hmm. and. Someone asked him a question. I mean, rookie error by that journalist. Yeah. Um, but he was talking, you know, I think he was asked about, you know, how do you rate the Super League in the NRL? Yeah, it's and, a very, very obvious question. Because what they all want is for the Australian players to go over there and say, you know what? It's on the same level. It, it might even be better. Well, you know what? What? He's kind of teed up what they want him to say. No fucking way. Here we go. Here's, here's some quotes, okay? Okay. Personally, I don't think they should ever compare. I think they're two different games. I feel like it's comparing rugby league to rugby union. It's played different. There are different conditions and with different developments. It's like state of origin. I would say it's a different sport to the NRL. Some NRL guys are really good in the NRL. Come here and struggle. It's vice versa, too, with Super League guys to the NRL. And some go over and play amazing. I've got a question. Mm-hmm. If State of Origin is Rugby League, mm-hmm. what sport is the NRL? It's a good question. Um, well, would we go with tennis or is that too far different? It's probably too far different. I yeah. saw a hashtag from the tennis players, um, something about like tennis supports peace or something like that today. <laughs> I was like, fuck off. You're hitting a fucking fairy ball over a court. Um yeah, it, it's a weird thing to say. I guess, I mean... It's all weird. He didn't have to address the actual question, which was a positive. Um, well, the other thing is, some NRL guys are really good in the NRL, come over here to England and struggle. Uh, yeah. 
oh, yeah, I don't, I don't know what he's talking about there. Um, yeah, it's a weird quote. I'm sure that they tried to twist it and make it sound like he, you know, he thought Super League was amazing. But good luck to him. He, how old is he? Thirty four, something like that. Hmm. I, I don't Josh, know. Josh McGuire. Josh McGuire. Thirty two. 32, wow, he's a fucking old 32. Um, so he's probably gone over there a couple of well, years too actually, well. Actually, he's a young 32, given how many weeks he spent on the sideline with suspensions. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. It, you know, it's weird also, like, a lot of the, um, a lot, and not all of it, but a lot of the journalism out of English rugby league is just fucking so bad yeah did you see Um, there was somebody and i can't remember who it was but they were aligned with league express and apparently they keep rewriting stories that have been on independent rugby league websites oh really yeah yeah now i'm not going to name names i can't i bit for the main reason I can't remember who it was and I haven't looked too much into it but I saw a, a number of people saying hey this is like the third time this has happened what the fuck and wow uh, yeah interesting yeah that's that's slack it is it is I saw someone from um within League Express mm-hmm. not doing anything wrong mm-hmm. other than having an, an atrocious opinion mm-hmm and that was they, they named what they thought were the four best-looking Super League jumpers for 2023, and one of them was Lee's jumper. Really? The one that looks like a soccer mum's yoga pants. The one with the cat bum on the back? Yeah, well, they, they dropped the cat bum. Oh, they got so rid of the cat's bum. They've left the spots on there, but it's not an actual cat's colours. It's yeah. blue and black. Yeah, didn't we work out it, it wasn't a leopard? It was like yeah. a... It wasn't a leopard. It was some other It was cat. a jaguar? That's the one, yeah. It was a Jaguar. It was a Jaguar, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they went to one of the first images that came up yeah. on on Google Images, and one one idiot said to the other one, "That leopard print you've got there, it's not leopardy enough, but mm-hmm. that Jaguar one, that looks more leopardy. Let's mm-hmm. go with that one instead. No mm-hmm. one will ever know." <laughs> it's so weird. Like that's when the you first get thing everyone pulled up. Hey, that's a Jaguar. They'd be sitting there going, "Oh, fuck it." <laughs> When you get a club that is privately owned and you get an owner in there that just doesn't give a fuck and they'll just change things on a whim, it's a little bit of an issue. This is the thing that that really intrigues me about the English Rugby League supporters because there are quite a number of Lee fans who think that the whole change is a great idea. And it's, kind of, it's, it's good rebranding and stuff like that. And they go, how is it that a fan base can accept possibly one of the worst rebrandings I've ever seen. Yeah. And whatever your thoughts are on Lee, they've been around for a long time. They have been reasonably successful out of not too many teams have had any sort of great success over their entire history Mm. uh, in the English Rugby League. But Lee have had a bit, not a huge Mm. amount, but they've had a little bit. They've had their golden era. It was a long time ago, but still. And a pretty cool name. Yeah. Pretty cool name, Centurions. There's a good, good name. A legacy and a history. And to change that, the colours, I mean, colours are something that's really, really um, important to English sports fans, not just rugby league fans, sports fans. Those colours, yeah, that's mean something to them. Yeah. And to have that taken away and replaced with, 
fucking leopard spots mm. and completely different colours. They're not even wearing red and white this year. It's absurd that they will accept that fucking filthy change, but they're completely opposed to any sort of structural change to the game that would make it better, survive, and stronger. Yeah. Well, the other one is when they were going to... Uh... I can, and I can't remember the name of the club they were going to do it to because I'm not in full – I'm in pre-season mode still, you know. Yeah. I'm good. just – I haven't even started running the Sandhills. But uh, when they were going to make the Manchester Lions and the club oh. wanted to, the club wanted to be something bigger and that the tiny little fan base they had were really upset about it. And so the people running the club was like, all right, we won't change it then. They won't allow a change that is obviously in a positive direction but then you get a change that is in a fucking terrible negative direction. And it's like, well, we've got to back it. Yeah. <laughs> Do you reckon it's a bit of Stockholm syndrome? I think it might be. Mm. Um, I had a conversation with a guy. It wasn't really a conversation. It was more me educating him because he was stupid. Uh, yeah. On Facebook. Yes. A couple of days ago. Um, and I was talking about how, you know, South has been around a long time. The RFL and Salford need to be doing a lot more work to try and get Salford recognised in Greater Manchester. Yeah. Not just in Salford, because they should have bigger crowds than what they've got right now. They've got no real competition where they are. Yes. They should be getting huge crowds. Yes. And I was making the argument that it shouldn't. the owner shouldn't be entirely on the clubs, because over there, clubs are investing all of their time, money and effort in surviving in the division they're in. They're not thinking about how do we get a bigger crowd. They're thinking, we can't get fucking relegated. Yeah. Because that stupid system they've got there. So they invest everything they've got in staying where they are or trying to get promoted and staying up. They yeah. don't want to go backwards. So with that stupid system in place and not changing, the RFL needs to start picking up the slack and Super League and go, you know what? We're going to start doing a heap of promotion for you instead to try and build the game everywhere because that benefits everyone in Super League and anyone in the RFL. Yeah. This Salford fan came out thinking that I was trying to get him to change something about Salford. He says, we're not in Manchester, we're in Salford. And he's gone Salford in capitals and he's got the Salford Devils as a picture and a flag as a shit. And I was like, and I replied, maybe it's time to think bigger. He goes, yeah, never, never. We're Salford. It's our history. It's like telling Sydney, Sydney Roosters to change their name. (laughs) (laughs) They've done it like five times. (laughs) So I had to correct him. They were actually Eastern Suburbs for 80 years. They went to Sydney City, then they became Sydney Roosters. They've only had that for, what, 20 years? If yeah. that, 15? Yeah. He's like, uh, he, re- he replied with random letters. Like, um, he just smashed his hand on the keyboard and, because it's not a real word that came out. That was in the conversation. I was like, okay. <laughs> Look, I had so many of those conversations over the years, and it, it your brain just goes into car crash mode, you know, you blue screen it because you're just like, you're like, your argument is that you want to stay shit and small and nobody care about you. And wouldn't you at least want to try? Like if somebody said to me, look, the Penrith Panthers, if they changed their name to the Western Sydney Panthers would end up getting crowds of 40,000 people, I'd be like, ah, let's do it. Let's go there. Let's fucking go for it. Yeah. Um, because the worst that happens is you change your name back if it doesn't work. You know, 
And I, I've never understood this idea of like not wanting to be as big as you possibly can be and, and grow beyond what you are. Like, I guess, I guess one of the good things about Penrith is that they kind of are in an area that has grown from just being Penrith to sort of, you know, the Penrith region. And then they're trying to spread even beyond that. But you get a club that you get a club, say, for instance, if you, you're the Balmain Tigers, we'll talk about the Balmain Tigers, even though they don't exist anymore. If Balmain Tigers just stayed in Balmain and said, we're only ever going to be Balmain, that's it. And somebody said, yeah, but you could go and expand and stuff. They're like, no, 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 no. We're just going to be Balmain. We don't want more than that. You'd be like, what the fuck is wrong with you? You know? Yeah, that's right. And it's because you, you can't pigeonhole yourself. No. No, you should always be looking to grow. Exactly. Because if the area that you don't move into is an area that's open for someone else to go into. Yeah. Yeah. That's the way rugby league teams have always looked at it. Always, always. I mean, we can go we'll go for a brief walk down down through history here. In 1929, when Glebe got axed, mm-hmm. the three clubs that were going to benefit the most from Glebe being axed were the three clubs that said very strongly, Glebe should get axed. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> they knew that if they did, they'd all jump in and take their area. Mm-hmm. It was Balmain, Newtown, and South Sydney. And they pulled Glebe apart. Yep. That's ours. We want that boom in they went. And so if it, if that mice has been around since day one, you know, it's going to be there the whole time through. And so you're, instead of fighting for survival, you're, you know, you're, you're trying to find ways to make your, your brand and your team stronger and the region that you're representing bigger. Yeah. Because um, that, that leads to greater strength. Um, which I guess is a, a bit of a reason why people are a bit perplexed as to why the Dolphins haven't given themselves a region that they represent. See, part of me thinks that that's part of the reason why they haven't done it yet, because they're waiting to see how it pans out. They're waiting to see where their their NRL supporter base comes from. Like if they say they end up getting at their the first game, we'll say their first season, they end up averaging. 30,000 people at, at Suncorp Stadium, right? Then I think that they would say, look, we can just call ourselves Brisbane, right? Uh, if they find through their marketing or through their membership that most of their supporter base is from North Brisbane, they might end up calling themselves North Brisbane. I, I, so I've got no I've got no problem with it because you can always change your name. Yeah. It's it's more I think people just go, how can how can we support a team? How can you build a community when the community doesn't know where you exist? Yeah, I get like, that too. And I think I think that's their mindset. But the answer but to that question is the yeah. West Tigers have managed to do it, and they don't have a home ground. They've got a home planet. They've got a home planet. <laughs> The West Tigers think that anywhere that gravity exists is their potential home home ground. Um, I think James Smith asked a question uh, a couple of days ago on on uh, on Twitter. Mm-hmm. He said, um, "You know, you're building the perfect football stadium. What's what's the first thing it's got to have?" I said, "Well, it's got to have our jungle written on it somewhere. It can't be a football <laughs> stadium without our jungle on there. That's got to be on there before the seats get put in." That's funny. Um, look, I. 
I can see where, because look, like I'm not even from Penrith, right? Um, I'm from Mount Druitt, but I can see where having that rallying point of Penrith is important to a club. And I can see where it has kind of hurt the West Tigers a little bit being called Wests. Um, and look, and look, at the end of the day, when it comes to Salford, you could just stay, call yourself Salford. Like, just keep calling yourself Salford. But market yourself in Manchester as well, you know? Yeah, there's uh, nothing wrong with that. No, no, that, that's fine too. The problem the West Tigers had is, essentially, they wanted to do the 50-50 thing when they first got set up. Yeah. And so their options were going to be, you know, Balmain Magpies which was never going to work. And it's not because of the Magpie thing. It's because Balmain is such a – it's a completely locked-in area. It can't grow mm. anywhere. There's no expansion in that area. No. Nah. And there's not a huge amount of juniors coming from that region either. Mm. So they had to be located in the west. They didn't take the full step, though. This is a dumb thing. From day one, they should have – and I know I said this a million times already. They should have just gone, you know what? Yeah, sure. When they first set it up, it was six games at Leichhardt, six games at Campbelltown. That's fine. Keep it that way if you want. But be based at Campbelltown. Yeah. That's all they had to do. But they didn't. They weren't even based at Concord then. No. They just played six home games there and six home games. So they trained at the home ground that they were going to be playing at that weekend. And then the other weekends, I don't know what the fuck they did. Probably trained at halfway between them. Probably just on a road somewhere, like we used to play cricket with <laughs> in the school holidays. Yeah, <laughs> they're just playing footy with a uh, with a water bottle on the on the side of the road. <laughs> what's God. the worst? Thing, what's the worst thing you played footy with? I, we used to play um, touch football on a on a concrete basketball court with the tennis ball. Yeah, we did that one. We did it once with a basketball because we couldn't find a tennis ball. Yep, yep. Um, yeah, that was. That was okay until we broke the basketball. Because <clears throat> everyone just like putting up bombs and just watching it bounce. Man, the terrible thing is that we'd be we would basically take over the basketball courts and there was two of them. And um, when the basketball would get in the way of the, our footy game, <laughs> which we were playing with the tennis ball, we would get that ball and we would boot that fucking thing <laughs> over the top of the building that was in front of us. <laughs> <laughs> and like God, and you can boot a basketball really well. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They go, and, they go good. Like God help anybody hit the other side of the canteen building, but we would just grab it and fucking boot it as hard as we could. Um, and then I remember one day we went to do that, and a friend of mine he, and he had a big boot on him, and he went to boot it, and it travelled about two feet and hit one of my friends in the head. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, boom, boom. That's nasty. Uh, yeah, it wasn't, wasn't good. It wasn't good. Damn. Um, no, I think I think a, uh, like a um, Coke bottle. We yeah. used that a few times, but because it was too light, we put water in it. Oh. Yeah. Like, it seems genius at the time. Yeah. So you got to kick it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Some poor fucker gets coated in water. That's a problem. Then you're gonna go fill it up again. <laughs> um, that and um, once we couldn't find anything, so we used someone's jumper. 
I feel like we used like wrapped up socks once, but it didn't really work because it had no, it had, you know, you throw it, it just sort of floats. Yeah. So. The, the, the jumper, we used the, uh, we wrapped it up and then used the sleeves to tie a big knot in the middle of it and then yeah. we went with that. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. Do, you reckon in, do you reckon in England they, because I've been thinking about this with the basketball, you know how there are certain things in, in rugby league that, in Australia, you grow up with and you don't need to be taught it. You like it just sort of is something that you pick up because it's just it, it's so prevalent, you know. It's in, your, it's in your DNA. Yeah, yeah. Whereas in say England, you have to learn that sort of stuff. And I've been thinking about it in basketball about how there are things that if you're in a country where basketball is a very popular sport there are just real basic lessons and it's the same thing in soccer where you you don't need to be taught those things um those and and that's where you that's why it's so difficult for, to for a country like australia in soccer to be as good as somebody from brazil because they're just they're picking up things from the first day of looking at a ball and thinking i can kick that that yeah like a lot of our players just have to learn, you know, actively learn. I think our basketball players mm. and soccer players, um, I'm not going to say they played football, but I think because football, all three codes too, yeah. um, are played so prominently and they're everywhere on TV and stuff, especially when you go back, you know, 10, 15 years as well. Mm. Um, I think you find, I find this with basketball and, and soccer more than anything else, um, and, more, and not so much now, but more in the past. Defensively, very strong, probably too strong, mm. um, to the point where, you know, defence in, in basketball, it's a very nuanced thing. You can't mm. just stand there and just let people run into you. <laughs> no. You know, there's, there's a, a little bit of give and take involved in the whole process. And yeah. the same sort of goes with soccer as well. You can't just you just can't push people over and go. Well, the ball's mine now. Yeah. But because we're sort of ingrained in watching sport where you just smash into one another all the time. Yeah. The the idea of having that physical contact doesn't worry the Australian athletes in other sports. Yeah. And so yeah. the harder part is to learn the nuance of defence. And I think that's probably where. Um, they they get picked for the defence first because it's so solid and so strong. It's easy to teach them the nuance. The harder part is to teach the attack. And I find yeah. it with basketball and soccer more than anything else. Yeah, it, I'm thinking about basketball players like... We've, we've produced good forwards and centres in basketball, but how many guards have we had that actually absolutely killed it in the NBA? Yeah, I'm thinking like... I mean, same same with soccer. We get good goalkeepers and good defenders, but how many strikers do we deliver? Yeah, exactly. Um yeah, like in basketball, I mean, Ben Simmons is probably the best player we've produced, but he can't shoot the ball. <laughs> <laughs> and like to the point where he stopped driving to the basket, which is one of his strengths, yeah. because he doesn't want to have to shoot free throws because he can't do that either. Um, so, and then, you know, um, Ingles is a, is a good shooter. We, we, have some good three we've had good three point shooters but they're more um set three point shooters well, they can't create their own shot off the this, dribble this is the thing though i find with the nbl many years ago yeah um 
a lot of plays, if they broke down, it was just throw up a Hail Mary from, from three-point territory. Yeah. And the three-point ratings for pretty much every player in the NBL was were atrocious. Mm. They'd be all celebrating, yeah, I got two out of 55 shots today. You know, <laughs> fucking settle down. <laughs> <laughs> you know. And then, again, that was defense would stop them from getting in. And so they just had to constantly just take shots from outside the outside the arc the whole time. Mm. And no one was good at it. Just kept yeah. launching them all the time. You'd see air balls and one shots go over the top of the ring and they'd bounce and hit the front of the ring. It's like the rage isn't even close enough. Yeah, it's it's uh and it's but it's interesting the way that basketball has evolved with its shooting, um, especially because I like my my favorite teams the Houston Rockets. They won two titles playing an inside outside game, shoot, shooting lots of three pointers, and so the current game of shooting a lot of three pointers is something I love because it's like it's kind of what my favorite team won its titles with, you know, mm. um, but. And the shooting is much better than it used to be because everyone practices it. Because if you haven't got a three-point shot, you're, you're nowhere, you know? Yeah. And you can go from being out of the league to, you know, not being able to do much except shoot three-pointers and, and be a really vital part of a, a championship-winning team. But, um, yeah, in Australia, it's it's interesting. I think our basketball players are definitely getting better, but they they haven't got the all-encompassing game yet. And as I said, Ben Simmons was the closest we've had, but can't shoot a basketball, save his life. Like, yeah. that's a bit of a problem. <laughs> well, it's only 50% of what you've got to do. Yeah, put the put the ball in the basket. <laughs> it's pretty important in basketball. <laughs> oh, man. It's like, it's like trying to play cricket, but, you know... You can't battle bowl. Good, good yeah. catching. Yeah. Have you watched any of the cricket? No. Nah. Nah, neither have I. I. Couldn't give a fuck, eh? <laughs> That's more. When it was, most of the time it's on, is yeah. now on my days I'm at work. Okay. Because they will play it over the weekend. I'm work all weekend, so I didn't get to see it anymore. But um, I did see that Dave Warner somehow got um, player of the series. Okay, against who? South Africa. Okay. Um, I, I'm going off a bit of a hazy memory, but I think he had scores like three, ten, two hundred, and fourteen, or something like that. Okay. Yeah, it was a one good score out of four or five innings. That was it, and they gave him player of the series. It's kind of like Luke Brooks getting man of the match in round two, and they give him the <laughs> Dally M. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I, I've been I've been running out of candles between light and um candles for Dave Warner and fucking uh. Harold Hewitt, you know Harold Hewitt, how he married um, that Markle chick. <laughs> Harold Hewitt. Yeah. Uh, didn't know about the Hewitt bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Have you never seen the how how much he looks like his dad? <laughs> I've uh, I pay very little attention to the royal family. That's it. Look, it's like it's like in Game of Thrones. Yeah, where I, I, I wish I also didn't watch. I know, I know you haven't watched Game of Thrones, but there's this point where, and spoiler alert, and it happens early in the first season. Um, don't if you haven't watched Game of Thrones, don't watch the last two seasons. Um, but that the he starts looking through because all, all of the bloodlines are, have got black hair, black hair, black hair, black hair, and all of a sudden they've all got blonde hair. And it's like you look at the royals, and it's like bald, 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 
fucking bushy, red-headed fucking guy. Like, what the fuck is this all about? <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah no, it's, it's my been heart crazy. for both of those two, Harold Hewitt and fucking Dave Warner, biggest victims of fucking 2022, just ask them. Uh, I love the fact that people are going hard after um, after Harry. What's that? I don't know. It just seems weird. I, I don't know much about what's going on, but he's he's basically complaining. I think what I saw, a brief snippet, which was on the news, yeah. was him complaining about mainstream media being a bunch of fucks. Yeah. I go, well, I mean... What's what's the hate about that? He's spot on with that. I, th- I think and it's yet, just... And yet the amount of hatred that's been thrown towards him yeah. is more than what gets thrown at Prince Andrew. Yeah, that is kind of weird. I don't think that that's kind of odd. I'm, I'm yeah. not saying that I like Prince Harry, but I don't know him. I think he was... Was he the one that was um, sort of parachuted in to be some sort of patron for rugby league at one stage? Was it him? I think it might have been. I can't remember. They've gone, Harry's not doing anything for the rest of his life. Let's give you some <laughs> shitty title. <laughs> Here, go stand next to some idiot, some goofy-looking clown with a fucking football. He's like, ooh, okay, this is not a rugby ball. Look, it's close, all right? Just just smile and wave. I just think that people look at the royal family and they're like, oh, look, they're all arguing with one another. This is weird. And it's like, is well, it? <laughs> well, <laughs> if you look at their bloodlines, normally they're not arguing with one another. They're doing something else with one another. Yeah, not watching like, TV. Yeah, it's, it's like, um, like you know, Charles and Camilla, mm. I believe they've got the same grandfather. Yeah, that wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. So, you know, it's just a bunch of weirdos all angry with each other, and it's like, just fucking entertainment for everyone, really, isn't it? Pretty much. Yeah. Until until I start fiddling around with kids, then fuck those guys. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we've strayed a little. <laughs> yeah, we used to be a football podcast. I don't know how we managed to get from basketball to the Royals. I don't know. How about Maybe we um, could do that? How about Selwyn Cobbo? Mm. I feel a bit. I feel a bit sorry for Selwyn Cobbo. Okay, because last year. He does a podcast. Keep in mind, he's 20 now, mm. so it's 19 last year. And he was asked about, like, Kevin Walters as a coach. And he was like, yeah, you know, he's he's basically what he said is, like, basically he's a great player. He won a lot of things. He's a really, really nice bloke. But as a coach, uh, you know. And then that come out in the media for some reason six months later. Well, they knew that they were going to have a quiet off-season, so, you know, you just sit on that one. Just wait for it, yeah. Yeah. And they and then so they blew it up and said, oh, he doesn't like his coach. He thinks he's not a good coach. And then the Broncos come out and said, well, if you watch the podcast, he was taken out of context. And so I watched it, and it was like, well, it doesn't seem like he was taken out of context. But I I also, because I thought to myself, if, I, if I'm selling Cobo and I'm, and I really believe I'm taken out of context. What context am I trying to get across? Yes. Because yeah. I know as a 19-year-old, I couldn't get across things I was. I probably wanted to say in the right manner either, right? And it made me think about Kevin Walters as a coach, and I, I think it's hard to deny that he has done a fantastic job with a club that was at rock bottom 
uh, and they're going in the right direction. And what more do you really want out of coach at this point? You know, is is he technically the best coach in the game? No. But is Ivan Cleary? No. Does it matter if you're getting the results? No. So I wonder if Selwyn Cobbo was trying to get across that, you know, here you've got somebody that's a really nice bloke who has all the experience as a player in the world, and he maybe isn't a technically great coach, but he's good for the club. Well, furthermore, and, I mean, why has anyone taken what he says with any sort of grain of salt? How many first-grade, top-quality elite coaches has he played under? But Yeah, well, that's another <laughs> thing. Too. Like, he hasn't got an experience base of, of great coaches. So um, I, I, I thought the pylon was a little bit rough, considering... Oh, such a young player, and you know, it doesn't really mean much. No, uh, it's, it's nuts. I mean, it's gone way overboard, but you know, that's yeah. what that's what these uh, shows want to do. Yeah, yeah. So I felt I kind of felt sorry for everyone involved, <laughs> and I have a few, and look, there would be nobody in the whole world that would want to, you know, bring him in and say, dude, don't worry about it more than Kevin Walters, you know. Mm. So I don't think it'll come to anything, but um. But yeah, real. That was one of the things that blew up last week. That I just sort of, I felt like, you know, what are we doing here with all this stuff? Well, essentially, it's like, well, you know, Latrell's been quiet. Mm-hmm. Let's see if we can find someone else who we can uh, throw under a bus and turn into a bad guy. Yeah, it's weird that they want to turn the players into bad guys, hey? That's right. That's what they want to do. Mm. You're gonna have good and bad, so they've got something to talk about. Yeah. Um. Speaking of something to talk about, yeah, there's word that um, chronic chair thrower Adam O'Brien, yeah, has decided he's going to move Kalen Ponga to five eighth permanently this year. That's a good move. Um, the only issue he's got is who he goes to fullback. Yeah, and apparently, apparently, he's had Tyson Gamble, mm. who's a new recruit, who's a half. Mm. Um, Dane Gagai, and a yeah. uh, new young rookie, I forgot his name, apologies there, um, have all been practicing, have all been, you know, training at fullback. Yeah. Now, Tyson Gamble should not be in that that group of three. <laughs> no, I agree. I would guess it would be Gagai. I'd go with Gagai as well. Yeah. However, and this is the thing that, that gets me, is I don't know much about this rookie that's coming through, but with Ponga at six, you can almost be certain he's going to be parked on the left-hand side of the field hard. Yeah, yeah. So their fullback needs to be a pretty handy ball player who is happy to park, be parked out on the right-hand side of the field. Otherwise, defences are just going to load an extra defender on that uh, on Ponga's side. Yeah. They'll either have a defender rush up on him to stop him from, you know, creating a play before it happens, or they'll rush him on the inside and peg him into that box with the sideline with a, one two defenders in front of him, numbered up one-on-one, and being crushed in towards the sideline from an inside defender. Yeah. Um, and that will completely nullify anything he plans to do with Ponga when they get close to the line. So they need to have someone who's a good ball player. And I'm not I'm not sure Gagai is. But the thing is, no. I don't know of many better kick returners and, and ball runners that the Knights could possibly have than Gagai. And you've got to want that kick return more than you're going to want skill close to the line because he's going to be kick, he's going to be doing a lot more kick returns than he is setting up plays close to the line. So it's yeah. a tricky one they're stuck with there. What they do, 
I, th- I think it's definitely a step forward for them now. I mean, what you and me were saying, Ponga should be five eighth, and he was getting bashed out at the game as a fullback. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how he handles the defence load in the front line, but I, I do like that set up better with uh, Ponga, Hastings, and and Gagai at the back, um, especially with the modern day fullback, where it's just a lot of workload stuff, you know. Um, you don't have to necessarily be the greatest ball player, but as you say, it would be better for the Knights if they had that because they've got to have that. They need a bit of versatility forced into it. Um, yeah. But I, I, I think that that's a much better that's a much better prospect for their their club than having Ponga at fullback, Gagai out in the centres, for instance. And the thing about Gagai too is he's one of those players that. Just goes, gets the job done, and and there's no fuss about it, which is I really like players like that. Yeah, and to be honest, most of Gagai's best work has been, you know, outside of for Queensland has been at the Knights. Yeah, yeah. Um, the other player, sorry, was Bailey Hodgson, who's um twenty year old, who's come from Hull. Yeah. Uh, so we just need to see what goes on there. Like one one option, I guess, is to have uh, Gagai. Possibly at centre, and so he can drop back to field the the kick returns when it's he's taking them in his own half. Yeah, um, and that can help get Hodgson sort of warmed into the role a little bit. Um, that's that wouldn't be too hard to manage. Uh, I would I would be terrified having an English player playing fullback in the NRL. I think that that I think it would last three weeks. Of, of horror shows before it's all done and dusted. Well, the thing for him too is he's he's not he's not tiny, but he's not huge either. Yeah, he's he's you know he's less than ninety kilos. Holy shit! And he's just just on six foot tall. So for his height, he's, he's a very bit light. Thin. Yeah, yeah, um, that's a bit of a worry. Yeah. And so Gagai is definitely much more solid. So when he does those kick returns, you know he's going to punch a hole through something. Yeah, and the other thing is that, like, the positioning at fullback is something that uh, English fullbacks just don't get. They don't understand at all. So, yeah, um, yeah that like, I just think it, I, I would not want to start a season with an English fullback. <laughs> it, it's an interesting one. Yeah. Anyway. But, yeah, it's an English fullback from Hull. Yeah. That could yeah. be something. Yeah. Well, we'll see how he goes in the fucking local A-grade competition, eh? <laughs> <laughs> um, that was pretty much the, all I had for that one there. Um, what else was there? No, some news about um, international footy, footy plans for the year. I, I saw that um, Anthony Albanese backed an NRL team in Papua New Guinea, which amounts oh. to amounts to sweet fuck all. It's like there's a lot of things that guy says, like every other fucking politician. Don't think I take sides with politicians. They're all a bunch of assholes. So it doesn't mean anything that he said it, but I saw some people jumping up and down like it meant something. I was like, you poor bastards, haven't you learned yet? <laughs> I think the thing that gets me about that, though, is it's different to other leaders, Labor and Liberal, 
Yeah. Is he said it in the off season? Like most of them will say this stuff when the game is at its peak, so you've got a big yeah. audience listening to you. Yeah. In fact, he's raised this in the off season. I don't know. I wonder if there's something more to it. I mean, not that he would fucking know. Yeah. Well, you know, maybe he would. It's not like PVL is a fucking bastion for locking down stories, is he? P- that bloke leaks like a cup with no bottom in it. True. And PVL's idea of expansion is like, we should put a team in North Sydney. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he's not thinking about PNG. No, that's all right. He'll, he'll go to wherever his mates in the media tell him to. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. We need a team in Gosford. <laughs> <laughs> Bring back the bears. <laughs> Let's have the bears in Gosford and North Sydney. We'll have two bears teams. Let's have the bears play in Perth, but mostly on North Sydney Oval. That oh, remember the oak tree. Remember how much everyone used to love the oak tree. It's like, would you shut the fuck up? Then people are all dead. <laughs> it's a fucking tree. Yeah, it's. I love the oak tree. Shut up. <laughs> They cut the fucking thing down, make some fucking, make a stadium. Oh, man, they still try and play games there in the lower grades. They just don't. Silly. So dumb. Just, just don't. Just yeah. move on. Yeah. You know, even Leichhardt is less of a relic than that ground, and that tree. Yeah, I would agree. I'd agree. It's crazy. It's I weird get the soft spot for it. It's fucking psycho. It's weird that it's 2023 and we will have games of football played at Leichhardt Oval. How strange is that? Well, this is the thing. I think um, Rugby League Project creator Sean Dolan announced that um, West Tigers... Is he the guy you say puts in 5% of the work? (laughs) 5-5? You're always telling me he's Mr. 5%? (laughs) Mr. 5%. yeah, geez, it'd be the other way around, I reckon. <laughs> anyway, you're saying? <laughs> I think he said that this year the West Tigers would have the most home grounds any team has ever had in one season. Oh, really? So, so okay, got... let me guess what they are. Yes, you've got them all right. <laughs> <laughs> let me guess what football grounds. Correct. Um, okay, so we got Leichhardt, right? Yep. We've got Campbelltown. Yep. Got Parramatta Stadium. Yep. We're now known as... Is that the one now known as... Combank Stadium? Combank Stadium, yes. Okay. Um, I'm going to say, oh, I feel like they'd play. Are they going to play in that fucking uh, hell hole in the middle of nowhere? Fucking. You're going to have to narrow it down. <laughs> <laughs> fucking, what's the place that I don't like? I, I try and remember. Oh, Tamworth. Tamworth. Is that Tamworth one of them? Uh, is that Scully Park? I don't know. Yeah, it is. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're playing there. Okay, okay. I'm going to say one more. <laughs> okay. The new Sydney Football Stadium. Um, no. Oh, okay. Is there another one? Well, not yet. Um, Homebush? <laughs> they're playing at Homebush. Why? <laughs> um, their game at, Sun- at Suncorp in Magic Round is a home game for them. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, FMG Stadium over in New Zealand. Holy shit. They're playing the Warriors over there. That's at Waikato. They're almost playing like one home game at every single one of these stadiums. <laughs> they, they're going close. Yeah. you got the other ones right. Okay. Wow, that's shocking. Yeah, they're getting around. 
Wow. What's the Homebush game? Is that like uh, Easter or something? Um, yeah, April 10 against Parramatta. Okay, that's weird. It's crazy, isn't it? Because both of them have got Combank as their home ground, and yet they couldn't fucking play a Combank for that game. Yeah. <laughs> it's strange. Um, also, rounds one and two are the only times in their entire season this year where they'll play back-to-back games at the same venue. Okay. <laughs> what venue is that? Leichhardt. Okay. They're starting this season at Leichhardt Oval. Yep. Sunday Fuck. at 6 p.m. and yes. followed by Sunday at 4 p.m. <laughs> Man. Look, at least Phil Gould will have an absolute massive erection for the I first know. two rounds. Oh, I man. Think, I, yeah, it's I, all about Phil Gould's cock. I just... <laughs> just asking. Um, <laughs> I just... It's it's fucking crazy to me that we're still doing the Leichhardt thing. It really is. Oh, it's nuts. It really is nuts. Like, I can look at Penrith Football Stadium, and Penrith is fi- a fine stadium for football, but I can look at Penrith Footy Stadium and say, you know what? We've got to move away from this. <laughs> <laughs> and then you look at Leichhardt, and you're like, holy shit. <laughs> Well, the thing too, okay, and this is this is something that's gone on for a long time with the West Tigers is fans, and I think even people within the club, yeah, always compare the crowd sizes that they get at Leichhardt versus the ones they get at Campbelltown. Yeah, for a long time, actually, it might even still be going on. The crowds at Leichhardt always, always bigger than the crowds at Campbelltown. Yeah, All right thing that was never taken into consideration for, I mean, nearly all the time was the fact that they always played weaker teams at Leichhardt mm-hmm. and the stronger teams at Campbelltown. Yeah. Don't know why, but let's have a look at this year. Leichhardt, they played Gold Coast, Newcastle, and the Cowboys. Yeah. And at Campbelltown, they play Manly, Canberra, who are absolutely dominating the West Tigers too. It doesn't matter what decade it is. Mm-hmm. And Melbourne Storm. Mm-hmm. Again. Yeah, I mean, if you're a West Tigers fan with that Melbourne Storm game, you think to yourself, do I travel to Leichhardt Oval or do I just stay at home and, and just, I don't know, start cutting while I'm watching the game? <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to figure out at what stage do you turn off watching the Tigers play this year? And maybe round two? <laughs> yeah. <sighs> This is the things are going crazy, okay? And I, I mean, I know I said just before we got on air. Yeah, you did. I'm not going to bang on about the West Tigers this year. Yeah. But is it just me, or has there been a lot of fucking Tim Sheen's West Tigers talk in the media over the last three weeks? So much. So much. It's insane. And they're, they're ready. They're going to change. Things are going to be different now, Andrew. Yeah, Do you know I, that? I saw an article that said from Luke Brooks, quotes from Luke Brooks saying, you know, I'm positive now that we're going in the right direction to reach the finals. Because you know what? If anyone knows what it's like to be going in the right direction towards finals football, it's someone else. But they're last. <laughs> Every, anything they do, ah, anything no, they do is the right no, direction. No, no, no. They're 16th. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> yep, okay, honestly. There's 17 ask. teams this year. They've still got some further to go down. Oh, honestly, how... What do you think? What are you expecting out of your West Tigers this year? If they are not better, mm-hmm. irrespective of who the coach is, if they are not better this year, because they have improved the pack, not hugely, but enough defensively, because um, that's the thing. They've been focusing their whole time, since Tim Sheen's first turned up at the club, 
on let's just score more points than the opposition. We don't care if they score 30, we're going to score 32. Yeah. And that was entertaining for a long time. Yeah. But they never stopped doing that. Yeah. And then it got to the point where they didn't know how to score points, yet they were still conceding 30 points. Yes. And then they started conceding 40 points. And so it's time. It's the only thing I agreed with Jason Taylor about when he first got the job. Is mm. The West Tigers are a team that have always been defensively weak. We need to get them strong. He did yes. nothing to fix that, but at least he recognized that that was the area the issue was. Yes. He helped to make it worse, but uh, he understood where the problem was. Um, yeah, there's there's been some good moves to improve the defense of the side, which is something. Um, I worry that they're going to persist with moving Brooks back to, to uh, halfback. I just wouldn't mm-hmm. have him there. I, if he's got to be in the run on side, then he's got to be at six mm-hmm. or not in the side at all. You can't give him the role of halfback. He doesn't talk enough. He doesn't direct enough. He's not a leader, so do not put him in a role where he has to. The but then who are you going to have at halfback? Dewey's the only one that can do it. Okay. Okay. Whether you think he's got the skill set or not is another thing, but yeah. we've got to go with what we have. Yeah. He is a talker. He is a leader. He's not the sort of person that fucking runs away when shit needs to happen. Mm-hmm. He'll go and ask for the ball. He'll go do something. He makes he makes better decisions more often than what Brooks does. Yeah. Okay. They're all starts in the right direction. I don't think Dewey's a halfback. Do I think Dewey's a better halfback than Brooks? Yes. I mean, yeah. that's what we're going to go with right now. Yeah. So that's their only option at this stage. Until they've got, I think they've got um, Jake Simpkin. They might be able to to um, move into that role. I don't know. But they should never have got rid of Hastings. That was stupid. Yeah. Um, but that reeks of Sheen's. It's just you always got rid of the wrong players at the wrong time. Were you happy to were you happy to sign John Bateman to a four year deal that he'll see eighteen months out of? No. Well my and look, my problem here, okay, with the signing of John Bateman, I don't know if I said this in the you know recent episodes or not, but he was signed on a three year deal at Canberra before and got homesick after two years. Yes. Okay. So both Bateman and the West Tigers should have been a lot smarter about this contract. Bateman's going to say yes to a four-year deal because it's fucking job security. He's almost 30 years old. Of course he's going to. Yeah. West Tiger should have gone, you know what, he got homesick after two years last time. Why don't we just give him a two-year deal and a two-year option in our favour? So if after two years he doesn't get homesick and he wants to stay, bam, we'll, we'll um, you know, activate that clause in the contract and he can stay for another two years. Don't tie him down for four years because if he gets homesick and wants to go home, Tiger's going to end up footing that bill. And it's going to take up space in their cap and it's going to fuck things around. It's it's a stupid risk. And they paid players to fee for him. I know. It's not, I'm not saying that he's, he's not good enough to be in the NRL. He, obviously, he's played very well before. Whether he's still got that now, because it's been a few years and he's been over in England and he's, you know, basically nearly 30 years old, who knows? But... Is he going to be as good as he is now at the age of 33, 34? Mm. No. And so that's the silly thing about it. Um, but the, I suppose, too, 
that's the things that clubs like the West Tigers have to do is they have to offer. They have to have a higher offer. If it's not, you know, higher offer year by year, it's adding extra years that they shouldn't be offering in order to get someone to say yes. Why Why has the West Tigers for the last, well, 18 years or so, why do they keep building old as fuck forward packs? Like, why is it every time they get a good young forward on board, they don't stick around? They don't know how to develop youngsters. Yeah. and, and Look at they, how many youngsters have come from that whole Campbelltown region and oh, have ended so up at many. other clubs and didn't even get to the West Tigers. Yeah, yeah. They're, just other, they're, they're better at other clubs. Yeah. I mean, take Nigel Plum, for instance. He was in, he was in the Magpies. Tim Sheens didn't see anything in him, so he let him go to Canberra. Pappenhausen, great example. Yeah. Tedesco, great Tedesco. example. You think of, uh, pretty sure, uh, Falau, Jared Hayne, they're both from down that way. Correct. Um, didn't even make it in, uh, was it Ryan Hoffman? Uh, is he from that area as well? I believe he is, yeah. I mean, it's 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 crazy that... They're on their fucking planets. doorstep. Yeah. Don't even yeah. recognise it. That's one, thing you got, that's one thing you've got to say about Penrith is that it is very rare that you hear of a, a Panthers junior that went elsewhere to start their career that was good. Like yeah. the, the best of the Panthers juniors generally come through Penrith. And whether they can hold on to them or not as a development club is, you know, yeah. another thing. But then you're not going to be able to keep everyone. No, the no, fact it's is, just numbers. Yeah. They recognise the, the the talent and the skill there, and they brought them into first grade because they knew they were ready for it. Yeah. The fact they were ready and got signed by the clubs proves that they were ready for it. So yeah. they understand that. But the Tigers have never got that. And, I mean, you know, go through their current roster, and there's bugger all players there that have come from the West Tigers' development area. Yeah, they've, they've brought in players. I, I just think it's weird that... You know, in a couple of years' time, the West Tigers forward pack is going to be long in the tooth. Their best players, anyway. Like, Appy Coruscant is 30 now. Um, Clemmer will turn 30 this year. Yeah, Clemmer. Bateman will turn 30 this year. Yeah, and so in a a couple of years from now, they'll be long in the tooth. And you you look at them compared to, and I'll use the Panthers as, as an example, like in two years from now, their their best players won't be 30. And, no, and that's right. they'll have had two premierships under their belt. It's a it's a weird way to build a club, you know. Yeah, well, and the, the, I'll tell you the other the, thing is too. What by they're the doing time, is that they're trying to get to um, the top eight as quickly as possible, and then hoping that they can build back up and be a strong side again off the back of that, like they never did before. And, and here's the thing: if Tim Sheen sees out his contract, right? and then he's going to hand it over gracefully to Benji Marshall. Look at how fucking old that forward pack is now that Benji Marshall takes over. Oh, he's like, going to completely... He's building a team for himself that yep. will be fucking dead in the water as soon as he leaves. Yep. And Benji Marshall's going to have to rebuild it. Yep. And everything Sheens is going to teach him is going to be completely useless because it's going to be for the squad that he's got now and not the squad that he's going to have in four years' time. Yeah. I tell you what, Benji Marshall, someone should be in his ear and say, Benji, I know what they've promised you, but don't fucking do it. Yeah. It was it was nuts. I still don't get it. Mm. I've never heard 
of a coaching structure like this in any sport, any time in history, anywhere. Yeah, I can't think of one either. Who gets a 70-year-old man to come back who hasn't coached for a decade in this league? To not only coach an elite team in an elite competition, but while doing that, he's going to train not one, but two blokes who have never Mm. been a head coach anywhere how to be a head coach at an elite level in space of two and three years. Yeah, and we've we've talked about this, that you don't really get taught how to be a coach. No, it's It's either you've got it or you don't. Yeah, and, and it's a... It's an art and a science, and it's for a certain personality type as well. You know, how many NRL coaches seem like a, the fucking life of the party? Mm. You know, it's a, it's a very specific sort of person. Um, it's not something you can sit down and give, give the lessons on. No. And, I mean, I remember you saying this ages ago on an episode, you know, it's very hard to get someone who was an absolute X, you know, X factor star player. Yeah. And get them to be a coach because they don't know how to apply what they managed to do to other people because it was just second nature to them. They don't know what they were doing half the time. It just happened. The yeah, was in front of them and their bodies went bam and boom and it worked and they do it every time and it works every time. 100%. Um, Wally Lewis is a good example. Well, look, I bet Benji Marshall, if you sat him down in his greatest performances and just press pause at certain times and say, what was in your head at this point? I bet he could, it would take him like five minutes to break down to what he saw in an instant and made a decision on in an instant. Mm. And he'd take five minutes to explain it all to you, though, right? that's what makes them great. <laughs> yeah. It's also what makes it hard for them to coach to other people. Yeah. Yeah. Because you can't, you cannot coach that there. I don't care how fucking good your coach is. You, there is no coaching a Benji Marshall. There's no coaching a Latrell Mitchell. There's no coaching a, a fucking all of these great plays who just, they it, like Darren Lockie was a great example. He would see things that weren't there. Like, yeah. And he would do it. He wouldn't even do it in fast motion. He'd seem to do it in slow motion at his own pace. And it's like, holy shit, he just tore that team apart. And uh, like, what the fuck? <laughs> you know, he yeah, found it, something in nothing. There's a um, lot of Peter Sterling about him. Always at the time, always read the play before it happened and just had that understanding of what he needed to do and where he needed to be and how he needed to do it before he needed to do it. Well, it's that's the that's the ultimate level, isn't it? Where yeah. the game slows down for you and you are you can slow the game down around you and everything you do seems like it's slow motion, but is you so much quicker than everyone else around you somehow at the same time. And, uh, you know, that's the ultimate level of a sport and, and a sporting a, a sporting performance. And, it, it, you know, sometimes you see it out of, of average players where they'll just play the game of their life. And mm. But with the champions, they do it week in and week out. And Darren Lockyer was a, a really fantastic example of that because at the end of his career, he, he wasn't the fastest player, but 
his decision-making process was so refined and so much better than everyone else that he played he played the game at his own pace and it was still quicker than everyone else somehow. Yeah. It's really weird. Yeah, that's what the greats do. Yeah. I mean, we saw even Benji Marshall in his last few years at the West Tigers. He, he started yeah. to develop that skill as well. Yeah, I, I remember when Brad Fittler went to that point in his game. Mm. Um, Andrew Johns, went, I remember when he went to that point in his game, and he, the best example is when he, he come back into the Origin Arena after he'd been out for a little bit, and he had a great comeback performance in Origin. Yeah. Where he just, he just did what he wanted at that point. He was so good. And it was that combination of he still had enough, enough athleticism and enough in his body, but he had all of the experience and the, you know, it was just the absolute peak of what you could get out of him as a, a football brain, you know? Yeah. Um, it makes me wonder where, like, when we'll start seeing that out of a Nathan Cleary, um, because he will, he's going to have a lot of experience at a young age, and it's going to be interesting to see if we see him get to that level. Um, because at the moment he's still, I mean, when he runs the ball, he's running almost like a second row. He's a very good ball runner. Um, defensively, he's amazing. Um, and, and but when will we see him get to that point where the game is slowed down for him? And it's going to be interesting because when that happens, if he still has half of a decent good Penrith pack with him, it's it's going to be fucking horrifying. <laughs> the, I think the one big difference between Cleary and the absolute greats you mentioned, like Fittler, Johns, um, Lockyer, mm-hmm. is the other three had a very, very good step. And I don't think Cleary's yeah. step is anywhere near as good. It's not certainly not as big either. No. And, I, I, sorry, go on, go on. I was going to say, and I think that's the only thing that's um, – it, it doesn't threaten a defensive line as much as it does the others. And so because of that, hmm. the defenders would hang off the other three a little bit longer just waiting for that step so they could try and adjust and try and stop it, even though they knew they had no chance and most, most often never did. But the one thing Cleary does have that those three didn't have is, except for Fittler and maybe Johns, um, is the confidence that if he runs the ball at the line, he's going to get through the first contact. Yeah. Um, not so much because, not so much because of his size, because I think he's, he's definitely smaller than Fittler. He'd be mm-hmm. maybe uh, he's not as stocky as Johns. He's not as stocky as Johns. I would. He, he looks taller. I think he's probably a bit taller, and I mean, Johns was Johns was stocky. I wouldn't be shocked if he was not. He- I think I think he would be heavier than Johns, but more athletic. Yeah, um, you know, what Johns I mean? was a bit stocky. He, he yeah. would back himself, especially defensively. Yeah, as we know, the defensively hits he'd put on were just insane. Yeah, um, very similar to uh, Wally Lewis, I guess. Yeah. Um, Cleary doesn't have that build, but he's got the belief that his body's going to stand up to any contact. So he will still ram hard at the line and more often not get his nose through. Mm-hmm. It's very rare you find a halfback built like most halfbacks, but can run like a back rower. And that's what Cleary's got that the other, th- you know, other three generally don't really have. But he lacks the step that they've got. And I think if he could work on getting at that step, especially very close to the line, yeah, um, 
I'm putting him in their in their same league. I don't think yeah. I think that's all there is. I think it's just a step is all he needs. Yeah, that, that's a very good point. Because um, they could run across the line, and everyone as they they would have players going back on their inside, but also on their outside. All of those players around them were a threat, and when they'd put on that step, and they would wait for somebody to react to something, you know, mm. and and that's when they'd put the step on. Cleary doesn't have that when he chooses to run at the line, and I think it's why he's so effective at it. Like, he only runs at the line when he really sees something, and that's why when he runs, he's normally just through. You yeah, know? Look, his, his ability to identify a um, a weak shoulder, mm. it's it's uh, it's uncanny. I, I don't know of anyone who can identify when they're going to be running at an outside shoulder or a weak shoulder um, better than he does. Because you see it more often than not. He doesn't try and run past players. Mm. He runs at their weak shoulder. Yeah. So when I say weak shoulder, their momentum's taking them in a different direction. And so they've got no power behind the shoulder they're going to hit him with. So he knows he can run through it. He's not going to run at a shoulder that's, you know, if a player's leaning right and they're down ready to tackle, he's not going to run at their right shoulder because he knows he's going to get fucking poleaxed. Yeah. He'll run at their left. But he's he's got this uncanny knack to identify where that weak point is and to run at it. Or if a defender has slid faster than another defensively he knows then that that's a gap he can run at and the good thing that makes him effective is the Panthers players know um if he straightens follow him yeah get like get yeah because the the next play the ball is going to be you know the defensive line is going to be in real trouble Mm. um it's interesting I think that we we've seen his game develop more and more I actually watched the um, grand final replay about a week and a half ago. It's the third time I've watched the grand final, and you know his performance in that game is uh, it, it's very, very, very good. Um, and it, it's like all of the Panthers plays; their performances were good, but like his performance as a, a team manager, running the ball, as we talked about, his kicking game, his defence, everything was just top notch. And I think it it probably got a little bit overshadowed by just the overall holy shit, what the hell are we watching that the Panthers did? Mm. Um, you know, and every year we've seen him add little bits to his game. And I think he just turned 25, which, like, what's he going to be when he's 30? Man, it's crazy. And he's going to be so experienced as a 30-year-old. Like, by the time he's 30, he will have played in two World Cups. You know, he's, he's played in. A, if he if they don't play, even make the finals anymore, he's played in three three grand finals, one two, and he'll play in two World Cups because the next one's in France in three years' time. It's gonna be it's gonna be crazy how good he ends up. Like, I oh, think yeah. that's why the great players that you hear about talk about him in the media. I think that's why they're so over the top with their praise about him because they're doing that sort of math in their head of like, where's this guy going to be when he has, you know, the athleticism and the the experience and just knowing the game when it all comes together, what's it going to be at? And I think that's why they are so over the top and so excited about what he's going to be um, going forward. And that's when you get players like a, a Johns or a, I think Brad Fittler talked about, he could end up being, 
you know, one of the greatest halfbacks we've ever seen. I, I fully agree. Mm. You know what? I think he's going to have a big year too. I'm going to look at purely at the most basic of stats. Mm. He tends to have a solid year followed by a big year. Mm-hmm. A solid year, then a big year. Mm-hmm. And last year goes down as a solid year for him. Yeah. He, you know, that that's a spear tackle suspension. Yeah. I think if he hadn't had that, and keep in mind, he didn't play for the first four weeks of the comp. He's come back from shoulder surgery. Yep. Um, but if he didn't have that spear tackle um, suspension, I think we would have looked at last season a bit differently for him. Um, every every odd numbered year, yeah. Since he started the NRL, yeah, he's got double figures for tries, yeah, and every even numbered year it's under double figures. So you're saying he's going to be even better this year? Yeah, going on stats. Um, do you do you realize odd numbered years too? His goal kicking percentage is better. Yeah. He had 2017, 90%. 2019, 87.8%. Mm-hmm. 2021, 85%. In 2018, he was 78%. In 2020, 78%. He was 85% as well this year. So stats-wise, tries and goal kicking are going to be better than last year. And he's got a few milestones coming up. He's on 49 tries and 499 goals in the NRL. Mm-hmm. So he's going to get 50 and 500 there pretty soon. Um, he could, if he has a massive season with point scoring and gets, you know, 285 points, he will be at 1,500 points, which is fucking insane. <laughs> it all just makes me so incredibly erect. And he's very close to having a win percentage right now of 70%. Yeah, well, you know, I was thinking about that, how... Like the all-time winningest players, like the St. George players must have been right up there for that. There'd be Storm players. Um, Hopefully I mean, by the end of the year, I'm going to be able to give you that actual figure excellent. in the entire competition excellent. since 1998. So. Excellent. Yeah, because my guess would be the St. George players. Um, I don't I, – I would I would say maybe a Billy Slater over a Cameron Smith just because – and Cameron Smith would be right up there, but just the 400 games thing is ridiculous. Like, oh yeah, yeah. it's so many games. Um, and I'm thinking Billy Slater was maybe, you know, you could see them losing a game or two when he wasn't there, and then you put him in there, and they're a ridiculous team. Oh yeah, but they, I mean, 70 percent—that's fucking outrageous. It's ridiculous. Yeah, and he's sitting at 69. Is it 68.5 percent? In finals football alone. <laughs> That's... It doesn't make sense. It's so weird that they're my footy team, hey? Like, oh, it's, it doesn't even... That's so weird. <laughs> it's nuts. Utterly nuts. <laughs> oh, shit. It's weird we've been doing this podcast from, like, the point where, like, I've been drunk and depressed about the Panthers to now we're talking about, like, all-time records with them winning games and shit. It's the weirdest thing for me. I'm not used to it yet. (laughs) Oh, man. What Um, do you think about people that um, they've been – there's been some people who have been saying, oh, the Panthers won't make the top four. I personally think they're on drugs. 
I think I feel like the Panthers at this point, are outside of massive injuries, or or having a, a injuries early on in the season, and and then just being happy being like in you know, fifth place or something and rest and players in the last few weeks because they know they can get the job done. Um, I just think they'll walk the top four. Yeah, I I can't see how they're not premiership favourites and yeah. top top four locks already. How can yeah. they not be? Yeah, I don't get who, it. Who have they lost? And furthermore, who, who has gained, you know, a much more improved roster? And who have the Panthers lost in order for them to not be considered a top four team? Which mm. which three teams have improved their roster so much that they're now better than the Penrith Panthers? Yeah, that's the thing that gets me. I, like, I don't I don't get it. So the, the teams that were closest to them haven't really added anyone, but they should improve a bit. But then keep in mind, like the Panthers at one point, they had what an eight point, premiership point lead. Yeah. That's I don't know. I just think it's a weird it's a weird thought that they'll be outside the top four. Like, well, it's as weird as people saying the West Tigers could be a top eight side this year. Go away, <laughs> go away. What about the the Canterbury Bulldogs? Because they're making a lot of noise. Mm. Um, they're putting together their their bought not bred team, <laughs> which is pretty funny because I remember when. There, there were some people on the internet that were giving so much shit to the Sydney Roosters about the way that they put their team together. And now that the Bulldogs have just done the, the exact same thing. Yeah. Um, I think we, the Bulldogs will still miss the eight this year. Really? Wow. We'll do our full predictions later on. But yeah, yeah. Um, you got to realise they were they won seven games last year and they were seven wins away from the eighth place Raiders. That's a lot of ground to make up. That is a lot, yeah. So I don't see them making up the extra seven wins. I wouldn't be surprised if they finished ninth, tenth, or eleventh, and they're only one or two wins away, which would be a big improvement. I don't think they're going to get to the top eight though. They, I, I mean, this is the thing too. Someone's yeah. got to, you know, a few teams have got to get worse ahead of them, and none get better below him. You know, and that's. That's a fair whack. St. George will drop down a bit. Yeah, St. George will. Are, are we worried about the storm? Of course we are. We're always worried every year. <laughs> How dare you? How dare you? Um, every fucking year. Yeah. Um, they will... I think they will have issues only in their depth in the forwards because they yeah. lost... They took a big hit to their forwards yeah. in the off-season. Yeah. Um, that's the only place they're going to struggle. I don't think they're going to struggle scoring points. They might be less impactful defensively, but I don't think it's going to be by much. I still expect them to make the top eight. Um, I don't think they're a premiership contender, but I can't see them being out of the top eight either. That's a that's, long drop they've got to make. A know, long drop. It is. Yeah, you know, the, the thing that gets me... And I've just kind of kept half an eye on what people are thinking about their teams. I know Canberra fans are pretty excited about that their team. I just don't see it. Um, I think that there's a a culture there that is anti-success. Um, I know Roosters fans feel as though that 
it's like, oh, we're back now, and I'm I'm looking at their lineup. I'm like, are you really? Like, what the fuck? Um, there's a lot of teams that I feel as though they'll be solid, but I don't see that team that's got a real edge yet. I don't see that a team that is, uh, you know, a couple of years ago you could look at the Storm and you could you could go through and you could say, all right, they're you know they've got this, that, and the other. Yeah. I don't see that with too many teams this year. I think we've got a lot of solid depth in the league, but I don't see anybody that I'm like, holy shit, they're really primed for a run at this. Yeah. Um, a lot of the talk about Parramatta, I worry about them. I don't think they're going to be as strong either this year. No. Um, no, I agree. Yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to see who moves into the top eight because I wouldn't be surprised if... Um, if Canberra drops out, um, wouldn't be surprised if Parramatta's close. Oh, wow. I'm not going to say they're going to drop out, but I wouldn't be surprised if they're close. And all it takes is an injury here or there or just a, a you know, a, a hot run of form by a team that's sitting just outside the top eight for things to get a bit fucked up for, for someone. Um, yeah, I think I think Parramatta's... I know, I worry about them. I tell you what, that I don't like that Hodgson that they're putting any. I still would be shocked if he played for them. And I don't think they've got any alternative option at this stage. I know that's the thing. Like, and and then Papali'i losing him is just he like even watching the grand final. He was he was about as good as they got in the grand final. Yeah. Um, I think that people are going to be shocked at the hole that he leaves in their team. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And um, I don't know, might be a bit shocked as to whether the West Tigers can actually figure out how to use him. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, we'll find out. They they had uh, Luciano Leilua and, and they, I mean, as for all of the raw talent that bloke has, they kind of, couldn't work out how to use him. No, they they just gave him a free license to do whatever he wanted, which is I suppose is half the way of going about it. But um, even those really good players, they need to have some sort of structure around them. I yeah. think we saw it with with Kickout for a few years up until I was the last say season and a half yeah. at Penrith. Yeah, um, he was just given that free reign the whole time. But the last season and a half, he sort of had parameters put on him and said, right, we need you to really focus on doing this, this, and this. Mm-hmm. He struggled with it. Uh, in 2021, but it really worked for him in 2022. Whether the dogs can keep that going is another thing. I've seen people saying that kick out at the Bulldogs outside of playing in that awesome forward pack is just going to go back to being, a, and like I think he's always in first grade has been an impact, impactful player. But I've seen people saying that he's just kind of going to fade away, which I think is outrageous. I, I, He's he's a he's a great player in his own right, and I think the only reason that you would see him go to the Bulldogs and um, not be a very good player at the very least, even if they don't use him one hundred percent correctly, but um, I, I think that the only reason that he would see any sort sort of fall off individually as a player is if he just and it, I, I'm not saying this will happen, but if he just misses being in that Panthers environment and and you know, you know how some players they'll they'll leave a good environment 
or, or the right place for them and they go somewhere else for the cash, which is what rugby league exists for. Mm-hmm. And um, they just you, you just see that it's like, oh, man, I miss what I had. <laughs> you know, some players just see that in them. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things. I, I reckon if he's in a really good side, mm. my perfect position for him is on the bench and bring him on 15 minutes before half time mm-hmm. and take him off 10 minutes before full time and just have him absolutely chopping and changing between running up the middle mm-hmm. um, either side of the half and then late in the second half, park him on the edge. See, the thing that got me about him last year, and you know that I had my question marks about him for a long time up until last year. Um, the thing that got me about him last year is how much he improved defensively. And it wasn't just the fact that once he got his hands on you, you were, you were got, uh, you weren't going anywhere. But it was the uh, reads in defense mm. and his lateral movement in defense. And it was, it was all the basics sort yeah. of. You knew that he had the ability just because he was a, a freak athlete. He's like a fucking comic book hero. So look out in the footy field. He's a giant freak yeah. athlete. And, but he, the base just for whatever reason all worked last year so that you never worried about him in defense anymore. You never worried that he, someone was going to run around him or step back inside him or something because he just got him. You know, yeah. he got, he's, it just was amazing. Um, I, I hope he goes well for the Bulldogs, and I think he will. I, th- I think he'll will. You know, I, I think he'll do pretty well too. He's going to have options too, whether he wants to play, um, you know, in prop or lock or whether he wants to be in the back row out on the edges still because um, Bulldogs haven't got a a lot of competition for a lot of starting spots there in the forward pack. They've got some depth. Yeah. Um, but with a, a big-name player like him, he's going to be able to pick and choose where he wants to be. So it'll be interesting to see how they how they work with him there. Um, but he's, I'd put him on that side where he can link. He can be that link flat between Burton and Addo Carr. That that yeah. sounds oh. absolutely threatening. That does. Yeah, it does. That sounds so amazing. <laughs> oh, I want to see it. Um, Burton signed a long term deal too recently, which was good to see him lock that down. Yep. There'd, there'd been little whispers that he'd maybe go back to Penrith. Um, once, well, you Penrith, get, once you get Penrith that, might want him at the same time. Um, he'd be demanding half money. Exactly. And he's not going to play in the halves if he goes back to Penrith. He'll be centre. Exactly. Um, the only way that was ever going to work is if they decided to get rid of Luai. And I you think, can't now. No, you can't. After you watch him in the, the World Cup, there's, there might be 60% of his game to unlock in the NRL. Like, yeah. It was crazy. Uh, the other thing is the the NRL salary cap went up by 25%, which is fucking outrageous. That was uh, enormous. Yeah. That was done because the clubs and the players were starting to get restless with the NRL about how much money they'd left on the table through their poor media deals that they did right at the height of COVID. Yeah, some and, of the pay cuts I asked the players to take. Yep. And look, it's... Say what you want about Peter Volandi's really smart idea to say, are oh, you all unhappy? 25% up on the salary cap because then the players, and I know the players come out and they said, oh, we didn't really like how this happened. The players are happy. 
and then the clubs are happy because they've got money to spend on the players to keep them happy, and everyone just shut the fuck up after that happened. Um, I do wonder though if it's if there is a little bit of resentment though within the clubs, thinking if we had have known this mm-hmm. back in November when we were supposed to know mm-hmm. players that we lost, we probably could have kept because we would have had that extra money to spend to keep them on on our you know in our squad. Yeah, because not you know contrary to what some people may believe, not all players leave because of money, but sometimes a club might provide an offer which is so ridiculously higher than the where you want to be at. Mm. It's hard to say no. Mm. You know, John Bateman, for all we know, probably got offered a million dollars a year to go to the West Tigers over four <laughs> years, while Wigan Rono are going to offer him like thirty-five pounds and sixteen pies a week or something. You, know, oh, you go, yeah, you know what? I'll I'll take the misery of being away from my family for all that extra cash. <laughs> it'll, happen. it'll happen. Yeah. Look, I think that there would be, because it was interesting on a lot of people saying like, oh, wow, with all that money floating around, it's it's going to be uh, interesting to see who, who improves and who loses players and stuff. And, and as a Panthers fan, all I thought was like, this is fucking the perfect timing, you know? Absolutely. Um, what I would I'll, have done, though, is increased it by about 5% and hung on to the cash as long as possible so that yeah. you could bring in another NRL team and have that money available to give to them so they've got a salary cap as well to use. Well, that would have been perfect, yeah. Mm. I, I guess yeah, I would have brought it in incrementally as, as well to stop the scenario where you have – a, a top team like can you imagine if the Panthers for whatever reason had set their their salary cap and everything was sort of all locked in and then they get all of this extra money and some of it gets soaked up by players who they have contracts where let's just say you're on a million bucks a year but they say well if the salary cap goes up by five percent I get an yeah. extra five percent so yeah. there's some of that too but you know, what happens if you had a club like the Panthers that were all set salary cap-wise, then there's 25% extra on the cap, and they're like, let's get Latrell Mitchell for one year. <laughs> kind of like what the uh, – remember the Golden State Warriors did that with uh, uh, Kevin Durant, where the oh, salary yeah, yeah, cap yeah. went up in a big chunk, and all of a sudden the best team in the league gets Kevin Durant, and it's like, well, we're all fucked now, you know? <laughs> That's right. Uh, it'll be nuts. You mentioned that Penrith could just go along. You know what? We know we know Cleary's going to go and play Origin. We need a backup halfback. Luke Brooks is available. Get on the blower <laughs> to that former employee of ours that we sacked slash he walked. No one knows what happened there. We've checked the tape. He was definitely walking out. We know he left, but, you know, it's like, hey, Spud, you got a halfback for us? We'll give you 20K. You know what's really crazy about the Penrith situation is if you wanted to add someone to their lineup, right, that, that they've got right now, this year, going into this year, mm-hmm. um, and I said to you, they've got they've got money for a big splash of a signing. Who would be someone that would come in and just be a ridiculous over-the-top signing? I don't – I can't think of anyone off the top of my head where it's like, if you brought this guy in, it would be so such a big jump up from what they've got, you know. Like obviously, if you put a Latrell Mitchell in at fullback, that would be ridiculous. But 
you know, they've got Edwards back there who's doing a pretty fucking good job of it. You know, I don't think you're going to add a forward to their pack that's going to make them ridiculously good in the forwards. Their halves are set. What if that forward was like Jason Tormalolo? Yeah, it'd have to be someone like that, right? Yeah. I think if you put Tormalolo on that side and you told it, you put him in any position. You can't put him at lock. Yeah. Why would you? You've already got the best lock in the game there. Um, you'd either put him in the front row on the bench or put him where Kikau was. I wouldn't put him on the edge. I think he'd be wasted on the edge. Yeah, I wonder if if you put him in, see, like how do you how do you move Fish and and Leota out of that? I mean, oh, I'd, I'd put Leota on the bench. Man, can you imagine that? That'd be fucking ridiculous. Yeah, and then you could just you could run with kick out mm. first first half hour of the game, last fifteen minutes of the game. Well, Yoda does the rest in the middle. Mate, <laughs> but like, but the the thing is, it's like. He, they, he he would just add to the nightmare. He wouldn't become the nightmare. You know what I mean? No, no one is. You yeah. Can't, you can't. Um, yeah. You can't make a nightmare more nightmarish. True. True. Unless you sign an extra year with the West Tigers. <laughs> that is true. That is true. <laughs> it's it's really weird. It's a weird position to be in as a as a. I've never been in this position in my whole life. Uh, How many seasons of this podcast do you think we've got to do before I get to experience what you're going through? Not even for the length of time you're doing it, just for about two or three weeks. (laughs) Let's let's do something this year. If the West Tigers win three games in a row, we'll fucking celebrate like you've won the grand final. (laughs) Let's do that. I'll get drunk. I'll get fucking drunk on the podcast. Uh, and and we will celebrate. And I don't care who, if it's over the fucking anyone. If it's the their third game is against the fucking Titans, I don't care who it is. We'll celebrate like they won the premiership. I think that sounds brilliant. Okay. When was the last time they won three in a row? You want to have a guess? Um. Oh man, I'm gonna say. I'm going to be really brutal. I'm going to say, oh, man, I'm going back, 2018. Correct. Oh, really? <laughs> Fuck, I was being really brutal, too. <laughs> Jesus. Who'd that beat? Uh, round four beat Parramatta 30 to 20. Round five beat Melbourne 11-10. And round six beat Manly 38 to 12. Oh, Guess who the coach was? Uh who was the coach? It wasn't Ivan Cleary. It wasn't Ivan Cleary. No fucking way. <laughs> do you reckon? Uh, do, you, do you reckon around West Tigers management, they just don't mention Ivan Cleary? Oh, no, they talk about him all the time. You reckon? Yeah. It's just, I feel like it'll be some... We wouldn't have got this wooden spoon if Cleary hadn't fucked it up. It's like you bring in a coach who... Pretty fucking successful at the Warriors, but their best coach ever at the Warriors. Yep. And he goes to Penrith, does a pretty damn good job at Panthers, gets sacked because he looked tired, apparently. <laughs> they pick him up. Doesn't do a good job at the West Tigers. I'm not going to pretend he did a good job there. Didn't do a good job. 
But then he leaves and goes on this historic tear as a coach. <laughs> like, not even like, oh, he had a pretty good run or, yeah, he jagged a premiership. Like, a historic tear. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I've just found a good stat for you. Okay, go on. Okay. Tim Sheen's last coached in the NRL and for the West Tigers in 2012. Okay. How many win streaks of three games or more do you think they've had since since then? Three three games or more. Three games or more. So we're talking from 2013 uh, till now. Ten years. I'm going to say... I'm going to be brutal again. Okay. okay. I'm going to... The last time I... When I said 2018, I thought, I'm being silly now. Okay? Yeah. I'm going to be silly again and say okay. four. You were silly because it's actually three. Fuck off. It's actually three. No way. Yep. Whoa. That's that's it. That's fucked. That's fucked. That's fucked. And the Panthers have done better than that in single runs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and all three of those yeah. were three wins apiece. They've, they haven't won four games in a row since 2012 and Sheens was last coach. Have you got that, a list of the teams they beat in those three runs? Oh, yeah, yeah. So um, let's have a look here. They had, where was it, 20, here we go, 2014. Mm-hmm. Um, rounds five, six, and seven, they beat Manly, Cowboys, and Parramatta. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, 20... 27, uh, 2016, they beat the Dragons, Parramatta, and the Cowboys. The Cowboys seem to feature in all of them. And the Eels, too. Don't they feature in all of them? Uh, probably. I think they do, actually. And the other one was the 2018 one that I mentioned. That's that's insane. <laughs> Man. If the NRL come out this year and said, look, we're going to add another expansion club. Yep. And it's going to be in the MacArthur region. Yep. I, I wouldn't blow up about it, hey? Well, I can, well, I can honest, make... That region needs a team. Yeah, I, I can make a really good argument for it. Yeah. It's weird. Call them the MacArthur Magpies. Oh, man, that's a great name. Yeah. Watch all those... West Tigers fans who are West fans all fucking bail. Oh, that yeah. It, and how, like the the joint venture, the very thin like uh, alliance that's there between the two supporter bases. It would be like a zipper. Oh, yeah. <laughs> It'd be like zip, completely torn apart in a sec. <laughs> The thing is, West Ashfield have invested so much money in the the West Tigers, and that I think they're also funding the um, reconstruction of the Balmain Legs Club yeah. in Roselle. Yeah. Um. So then they're not leaving the club, and they're basically financially bankrolling the whole bloody thing at this stage. So they're not leaving. So the West Tigers will still exist. Yeah. But where they exist is a mystery. But I guess what's so different to that? To what they've got now. That's the thing. Uh, here's a question for you. And, like, 
Tigers is a really good name for marketing. But just say they said, we're going to call ourselves the MacArthur Magpies going forward. Would that really fucking piss you off? No. Okay. No. Like, I know some people it would really piss them off. Oh, yeah. Um, it would be common sense. The only thing that would piss me off is if they created a MacArthur Magpies team mm-hmm. and they did nothing to develop the game in that region because that would be so fucking stupid and yeah. negligent. Yeah. Um, and then it would also completely defy the whole purpose of creating a team there in the first place. Yes. Um, yeah. That would be the only thing that would ship me off. I could even overlook the training thing at Concord with, like, Look, it's going to be it's it's more centrally located. Players can kind of live over across Sydney. It's a weird place for a Concord, but it's you know, a stupid I, place. It's a fucking ridiculous place. But I can still make it. I can still make the argument that you know, it's it doesn't really matter where they train as long as they're fucking you know playing and not doing all that shit. They just need to move down that way. If I had my way, if I could wave a magic wand, uh, I would. I would say they go down to the Campbelltown area full time and we redo the borders of all the junior leagues and everything and Balmain the Balmain one gets absorbed into I don't I don't know who would absorb it. I don't know if the Bulldogs would or the, the Eels. Bulldogs and Eels would take up most nearly all of it. Um <clears throat> to be honest, you know what? I wouldn't be surprised if the Roosters try and take a lot of it. And I'd be okay with them taking it given they've got such a small area. I'd rather a team that's got a very small juniors area, yeah, make theirs a little bit bigger, yep, and have ones that have got already a decent size get even bigger still. Yeah. Um, well, that's the thing with, like, because of the Macarthur region, I mean, it's going to be it's the biggest grown area of Sydney, mm. and it's it's going to be like an, another like one third of Sydney eventually over time. Um, well, speaking of populations, yeah. There's a report coming out that says that in by about I think the year 2030 Melbourne will overtake Sydney for being the biggest city in Australia. So with yeah, that in right. mind, mm. perhaps the Tigers could consider their first ever relocation idea back in the mid 90s, and that is to relocate to Melbourne. We get, you know, we're going to have to get to a point where we do have a second team in Melbourne. Yeah, like and it's what, just going to be a massive rugby league base. Uh, in Melbourne, in the northern suburbs. Yeah. I do, because I, I don't really know too much about the makeup of Melbourne because I I don't consider it to be part of Australia. That's fair. Um, <laughs> I, I, There's from, no I, argument here whatsoever. They drink yeah, mud, they think it's coffee. I know I'm preaching to the fucking choir. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> I <laughs> I know that if I poured the petrol, you'd light the match. Um, I was in the same more. Yeah. More. <laughs> yeah. You know how much this fucking shit cost me? <laughs> yeah, we couldn't use petrol, could we? Um, uh, but if, like looking at a, a map, I would sort of say you'd base the team in Geelong. But do you reckon the northern suburbs would be the way the to go? Suburbs, yeah. Um, the majority of the population initially in Melbourne was and still is based on east, the eastern side. Yeah. Um, the northern suburbs, um, that's a very, very modern sort of um, development area, and that's where all of the development is going right now. Um, 
So I live out near the airport, which is on the north side. Mm. The population there has gone up by nearly 50,000 people in 10 years. Okay. Okay, and they're building new suburbs out past us further north up the highway. Um, Do you reckon, would they... While still expanding the ones around me where I am at the moment. So this whole region that I'm in at the moment is going to be, you know, 100,000 people probably in the next, you know, 15 years. Do they have which, a facility out there where you could play yeah. rugby league? So they've got a... I think they've got some sort of... Um, some sort of what is it, training facility or some sort of big enhancement centre or whatever it is at Broadmeadows, which is in the northern suburbs. Yeah. Um, so that's a pretty big base there. There's a very large Pacific Islander um, population around the northern suburbs as well. Mm-hmm. A lot of the Melbourne Storm fans come from the northern area. Okay. Um, yeah, I work with a bunch of guys who are Samoan, some Kiwis and stuff like that, They're all from the north. That's pretty much where all the bases. Um, I, do you, would it be a case of? I feel like because the storm are like the storm are fine, they're set. We don't have to worry about the storm's future anymore. But yeah. part of me feels as though it, in an ideal world, it wouldn't be like a, a two teams playing out a Suncorp Stadium deal, which I think we'll end up with. It would be yeah. more along the lines of you have the storm in Melbourne, and then you've got a team that actually plays its games in the north of Melbourne in its own stadium, even if it's a yeah, small well, one. That's the thing. Well, you could, there's so much space out here because there's, you know, north of where I am, it's nothing but farmland, but it's all being bought up by developers. So yeah. there's there would be absolutely no issue whatsoever in getting a vacant block of property and just putting a massive bloody sports stadium on there, yeah. knowing that you're going to be a 15-minute drive from the airport. See, if I was the NRL, I would be starting that process and you know who i'd be working with is soccer the soccer absolutely and i'd say like look we're looking to build a i don't think you'd need a giant stadium but like maybe a fifteen thousand seat make it a real nice little fifteen thousand seat stadium that you can turn into a twenty five thousand seater down the track if you want to but in the meantime if you've got a big game you go to the big stadium it's uh that the storm play out of yeah or you know the mcg's across the road from that yeah yeah um, there's so many opportunities they can they can have for development out here. It's ridiculous. It's got a complete blank canvas going up the highway, yeah. um, which is something that Sydney doesn't have. You know, they've pretty much gone and done but all the expansion they can. They can only go up with buildings. But you know what? You've that Macarthur area is kind of the same thing where you can keep going down south for a long way. You can, but it's a long. It's already a long way away from the, the CBD, though, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. True. True. You know. Um, so yeah, I'm about 10, 15 minutes from the airport and the airport out here is 16, 18 case in the CBD, something like that. Yeah, it's, it's complete, yeah, it's completely different to, to Sydney. Yeah. It's, uh, like, it, I mean, the MacArthur area, that's why I'm so bullish about it is that it, it will be its own thing, you know. Oh, absolutely. It, it, it will be its own thing eventually, and I just can't believe. I would love to hear that the Panthers took over part of the junior development in that region, and it won't happen because of politics. But goddamn, it would be amazing. It wouldn't even need to happen um, officially. You're going to find eventually that all the players out there are going to go. It's not going to be that hard to get to Penrith from from Campbelltown. 
Yeah. I could just go play with the Panthers knowing that they're going to be a more successful team. I'll probably get a better salary there. I can, I'll get picked up by another side as well if I just get a few games for the Penrith. Yeah. And I'll just start drifting that way. And that's the thing about having a, having a wide net that Panthers junior development base has got is that yeah. every now and then a few players drip into the net from outside the region. Yeah. Yeah. We'll take him. Yeah, I just think they've they've done such a good job with their junior development that I don't know. I'd like to see them do. I just think the more juniors they develop, because all of their juniors end up floating through the entire game. I, I just think it'd be it'd be good for the game. You know, absolutely. I, if I if I was another NRL club, I would pay the Panthers money to come in and just learn from them. That would be good. Yeah. Meanwhile, the Tigers will be sitting there still bitching about them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, they'll be counting their, their crowd size. Yeah. Oh, they didn't sell as many jumpers as we did. Hey, uh, Is that what they said? I don't know. They probably would. Probably you know, would. Speaking of footy jumpers. Yes. There's two this year NRL ones. Yes. That I'm not keen on. Okay. What and one? it's not because of the actual jumper design. It's because of the fucking sponsors. Okay. And first, and obvious, is the Newcastle Knights. Mm-hmm. Now, we'll probably know every year when we see the Newcastle Knights jumper coming out, the NIB logo on there yeah. is garish. Yeah, it's pretty full on, yeah. Now, it's fucking massive. It looks like someone's done a massive green shit on the front of the jumper. What do you mean? That's even bigger than it was. Yeah, it's fucking horrible. No way. And the Knights have got one of the best, easiest colour palettes to work with, red, white, and blue. Yeah, yeah. You can put anything with that and make it work, except fucking green. (laughs) (laughs) What's NIB do? Let's just shit green all over it. (laughs) It's horrible. Fucking horrible. The other one, the Sharks have got a very well-designed jumper. The colours work so well together. And then the sponsor name through the white on it is fucking bright red. Oh, that doesn't work. It looks stupid. So There's just no look reason at the... for it to be red. Just make it black or make it blue on the white background, and it will be perfectly fine. Looks seamless. Every other club has managed to get their sponsor name to adopt either club colours or something like that. Mm-hmm. The logo still has all the same font. It's still recognisable. They just changed the colour of it to match the jumper, so it doesn't look too garish. Yeah. But for some reason, the sharks are gone. Nah, you can keep it red. That's fine by us. And it just looks so. Fucked. Do we it's know up there with the New South Wales Origin jumper with the oh. massive fucking red W on the front? The uh, had how, how you fuck up the New South Wales jersey it's is one colour. Yeah, you, you Just, can make that logo white. You can make it a darker blue. You can make it black. Don't yeah. make it fucking red. Yes, yes. <laughs> like I'll, I'll even go for like you want to put a, a round collar on it. You want to put a normal shirt collar. Like you can change the little bits. Yeah. But the stuff they do to it is disgusting. It can't be hard. No. You, a... the, you know, the weird one for me is, and, and I don't understand it, and it, I don't know why it's visually pleasing, but the idea that you can get a black and white jersey and then add fucking red, yellow, and green to it, and it looks amazing somehow <laughs> that the Panthers won. Yeah. Like, I don't know how it works. 
for whatever reason, they just nailed that design in 1991. And I remember when they went Super League and they had that Super League jersey where they used the same colours, and I called it the multicoloured vomit. It was fucking horrible. That that thing was hideous. That was disgusting. That that followed actually with a, a few other hideous jumpers like that aqua thing they had. Yeah, that was not good. Ugh. I, the pink jersey was all right, but then for some reason they started wearing it all the time, and it was like, why are we dressed up as fucking like little toddlers? I didn't get that. <laughs> um, hey, it got the toddlers on side, man. <laughs> smart play, smart play. Um, another team that got smart with colour changes early on was Canberra. They had a blue, white, and yellow to their to their kit. That's true, and it it shouldn't work, but it was really iconic and cool, hey? And, I don't know, this year, their away jumper looks so much better than their home jumper. Oh, does it? Yeah, it's it's all white. Oh, right. The green, blue, green, blue, yellow on the sleeve. Remember when... Simple design, but, man, it looks good. Remember when the the Raiders went away from their classic green jersey and they went to that fucking brown bottle, greeny colour? It was yeah. during the Ellie era, and it was just, like, fucking atrocious. And then there was, there was that one that a year or two ago where they went with piss yellow. <laughs> yeah, that's right. The fuck was that? <laughs> oh, man. I, you know what? I'd, I haven't liked the Broncos jerseys since the 90s either. Yeah, you know what? I, I looked at their, looked at their jumper, and I went, it's, it's interesting. They've got this weird um, diagonal line across it. Yeah. And the colours are offset on either side of the line. Yeah. I look at it and I go, you know what? I, I, I don't hate it. Mm. I don't love it. Mm. I I think I can tolerate that. I don't mind it. They've done worse. They, they had a shitful fucking aqua thing as well. They did, yeah. Oh, man, I, so, so many of their jerseys just remind me of Caramello Koalas. Yeah. They, they get the maroon who's got darker. Yeah. Like the original maroon was a much lighter colour than what it is now. Like, I think that the the early 90s jerseys they had were iconic, but I think they're a bit dated. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And then they had, remember they had that one that was mainly a white jersey and it had diamonds on it? Yeah. Um, And I, for some reason, I it makes me think not, of Julian O'Neill. I thought that yes. was pretty good, that one. That was when they are playing at ANZ or QE2. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Um, that, I thought that was pretty cool, and that probably wouldn't work now either. But I don't know. I just feel like they haven't really nailed a jersey design since the 90s. Yeah, that's probably fair. I don't mind the one they're using this year, but, uh, yeah, I, I'm on board with that. Yeah. Um, there's a few teams there that have got really good colour palettes, and they, they don't get very imaginative with them. Um, the West Tigers are a classic example. Yeah. Black, white, and orange. Um, Should work best... really well. Yeah, look, the best jumper they ever did was one which was just hoops, and it was just three solid, equally sized hoops on there, black, mm-hmm. white, orange. Mm-hmm. Fuck me, it looked good. They yeah. just did never replicated it ever again. Best looking jumper they ever had, never bothered to replicate it. So mm-hmm. irritating. They do these mm-hmm. stupid things. They're, they're trying to appease Bowman fans with one jumper and the West fans with another one. You yeah. go, stop it. Yeah. You're a different club to both of them. Figure that out now. Okay. Yeah, and and don't don't be afraid to just have a black and white jersey. Yeah, or just an uh, an orange and black jersey. Like, grow up as a club and be willing to say, yeah, 
we're running this is our alternative jersey and it is black and white and it's cool as shit and it's the West Tigers jersey, and that's fine. And then I have the other way with the just orange and black, and it's fine. We don't need to put white in there. It's cool. Every year they could have done the same thing. One year, home jumper, black and white, away jumper, black and orange. Mm-hmm. An alternative jumper can be white and orange. Yep, yep. And then the next year, move more along one. So the home jumper can be black and orange, away jumper, orange, and, you know, black, black and white, and... It shouldn't be that hard to figure out, and yet they keep just dicking around with this shit. Okay, I've got to say this just to the West Tigers people. You're not the Magpies because they would have won more wooden spoons in this period of time. (laughs) You're not the Tigers because you would have played in more finals football in this period of time. You're some sort of half-ass in-between thing that's achieved neither. Okay? So stop trying to be one or the other because you're failing at both. They're not the Balmain Tigers. They would have lost a lot more grand finals in this time. <laughs> That's right. They would have been in at least three or four finals campaigns, more, and made at least one or two grand finals that they would have lost. <laughs> the Magpies would have picked up four or five wooden spoons by now, just not just one. They would On have the jagged, trot. Yeah. yeah and they would have jagged the finals appearance somewhere just by fluke. There would have been uh, there would have been somewhere in there. They were really a really plucky. Uh, Field goal winning performance on a Monday night football game. That's right. Against some team no one knew actually existed in the league. (laughs) Winning winning pre-season competitions. That would have been the Gold Coast by one point. Monday (laughs) night football. Round three. (laughs) Still summer. (laughs) They've come out with a great win over the London Broncos. The what? (laughs) What's this in? The Trans-Siberian Challenge Cup. They can't, they can't. They would have. They would have had a game where they come back by fucking twenty-eight points down to beat the fucking the New Zealand Warriors, who are based at Gosford. You know, late, like just the first weekend of September, last round of the regular season, just to give you hope going into the next year. You know, yeah, they follow up the next week when they know that all they need to do is win to make the top eight. They're down 30 nil. They score 31 points to get back into the game, and then they give away a stupid fucking penalty on the last second, and the other team kicks a penalty goal to win. <laughs> oh shit! I love footy so much. It's so good. It's brilliant. It's a roller coaster, isn't it? It really is. Unless, unless you're a West Tigers fan, then the roller coaster never has ups. It just keeps going down at alarmingly fast speeds. <laughs> oh shit! It's so funny. About three k's ago, we all stopped screaming. Yeah, <laughs> just, just become numb to it. Yeah. <laughs> just keep plummeting down, but we're, we're all just yawning now. Oh, more of the same. <laughs> oh shit! Oh my god! Uh, well, it's behind us now, isn't it? <laughs> like, yeah, if the West Tigers, it's a roller coaster that only goes downwards, and then uh, I just like I'm thinking like. With the Gold Coast roller coaster, it actually doesn't go anywhere, but everyone's so hopped up on cocaine, they're all screaming anyway. It's just yeah, like, actually, their roller coaster goes up and down based on whether they're going in or out of a bloody um, drug and <laughs> drug addled um, haze. Yeah. <laughs> the, the actual roller coaster doesn't move anyway, it's not even on rails. Oh, shit. Ah. <laughs> uh. 
Oh, that's good. That's a good laugh. <laughs> I love that the first fucking podcast of 2023, you've gone on to an anti-West Tigers rant on both sides. <laughs> you fucking nailed both sides. I'm picking, oh, enemies, on, I'm picking enemies on both sides now. Ah, oh, that's so good. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's so good. And right. Let's be honest. Yeah, yeah. I guess I we should wrap this one up, man. We've we've been yakking for a while on here. I know. I wonder what we'll podcast about, hey? <laughs> yeah, we'll figure it out. <laughs> one for the listeners. If you can think of something for us to talk about, let us know, and we'll chat about that in the next episode. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So send, a, send us an email, podcast at leaguefreak.com, and That's just uh, chuck us a, a topic, and we'll yep. fucking talk about it. Yeah. And we've also got to have a, a a section where you start asking us questions about anything whatsoever, and we answer them for you. Yeah, yeah, that'd be good. Yeah, I think that's that's long overdue. We've been asking for that for a while, and no one fucking answered. Yeah, we're gonna to have to start threatening people soon. Otherwise, we'll start asking questions on your behalf. Yeah, and they'll all be complimentary. They don't want that. No, that's right. They don't want to be asking like, so so. How did you become so good at podcasting? It's like, fuck yeah. that shit. Start asking us really shitful questions. Yeah, like, oh, Carsten Brummo's asked. Yeah. Sweetie, why do you think France is the best place in the world? <laughs> Things like that. Don't make us do that, Carsten. Send us an email. <laughs> oh, we should get him on again. I had a really good chat to him uh, of the World Cup. Oh, it's brilliant. Yes, uh, we'll have to get him on again. Would that make us, would that make us now the only podcast that's ever um, threatened our listeners? Um, I would guess so. Hi, hey? yeah, that's a good way to start the year. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well. I used to like threatening my followers on Twitter, but then like you know how Twitter started getting really bit iffy about because like, I'd t- I'd tell them how, that I didn't like any of them and stuff like that, but then everyone got all really sensitive. Start taking seriously. Yeah, it's like everything you say is super serious. It's like, you know, I don't hate all of my followers, just the vast majority of them. Yeah, I'm sure you've all got nice hands. Hands? Yeah, well, you know, you're not hating all of them. You're only hating all of their bodies by their hands. Why? You're missing the dad joke there. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's gone over my head. Yeah. Over your hands. Anywho, um, thanks for tuning in, everyone. Um, make sure you send us those emails. Yeah. And um, you can catch us on the socials on – I've got to remember how to do this. It's been a while. Um, what are we on? Facebook, we're on Twitter. Instagram and Twitter at Fergo Freak yeah. Pod. We're on Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube. Mm-hmm. There was another one, but no one gives a fuck about that, so we're not going to bother with that one anymore. Mm-hmm. If you want us to be on another social media platform, let us know, and we'll get Nadine to sort it out. Yeah. Yeah. We could go on that one that, uh, you know, the one that everyone said that they were endlessly leaving Twitter because of Elon Musk buying it, and they were like, I'm going. I'm really going, though. I'm just letting you know I'm going to this one. <laughs> just every week they come back just to let us know that they're going. Yeah, yeah. Fucking dickheads. <laughs> um. Yeah, we'll we'll find something else to go on to. We might set up a uh, a, a a more regular feed on Instagram where we just get all of the um like 
garbage bins and dolls and stuff that Freaky makes them put on there. Fuck you. Fuck you. And it didn't look like a goddamn fucking, what would you call it, a vacuum or something? <laughs> One of the most pissed off vacuum cleaners I've ever seen. Yeah, fucking bastard. You know, we should set up an OnlyFans. Wouldn't our fans love that? Oh, there's an idea. Just fill it with um with footy puns that sound like naughty stuff. <laughs> Anyone know where I can find a really nice hooker? <laughs> I'm asking for a friend in Parramatta. <laughs> oh, oh, every joke will be hooker jokes. I like it. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. This is an old term they used to have in the past, too, when someone moved, changed position, like Darren Lockyer. Yeah. You wouldn't just call him a 5 8 He's a fullback come 5 8 <laughs> yeah. yeah. That'll take on a new meaning. I could just say, uh, um, what would be a good one? <laughs> um, Too much thinking. A hooker come loose forward. <laughs> it just makes the forward bit really small text that no one can really say. <laughs> Hooker come loose. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's an idea. And people can pay to watch Freaky dance around naked. No, there won't be any nakedness on it. I didn't say there would be. Just oops, We're just heaps, taking people's money. <laughs> heaps of foot pictures. <laughs> just feet. Just all feet. It's all feet. There's Julie would love their feet pictures, hey. I thought she was into like hey. Hay and feet. <laughs> Haven't forgotten your jewels. Yeah, Julie. She's getting drunk right now, hey. Yeah, I mean it's it's after midnight, so I mean that's a that's a normal time to get into that gear. True, true. Um, righto. We've waffled on a bit. Let's uh let's wind this one up. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Um check us out on the socials, I mentioned those. Follow us on Twitter, on Facebook, and uh we'll catch you all next time. <laughs>